Welcome, everybody, to the big dudes in the trenches. I am Doug. Over here is Tug. And below us, and now above me, and now to the left of me, is Bug. What's up, everybody? <laughs> Welcome back, man. He he does survive. He is back. That's great news. It's it been was, too long. Uh, it was amazing that I survived and made it here. So, uh, yeah. Glad to be back. Well, you know what our Monday shows are all about. Uh, we have a lot of things to review, a lot of news to go over this episode as well, surprisingly. Haven't had that too much in the last couple of episodes, so stay strapped in, folks. It's going to be an episode and a half right here for you. Uh, what another wild week of football, though, guys. Like, all right? the way across. Even the NFL got in on some of the craziness this week. Second time in NFL history we've had a 11 to 10 final score yeah anybody know what the last time what the team who the two teams were anybody uh, I Tug literally pulled me yesterday yeah. and <laughs> I don't remember I got the Steelers score. beating the Chargers that's right that doesn't matter okay <laughs> so, <laughs> NFL news <laughs> we'll kick us off Tug I, I, I will. I will kick us off here with uh, – I don't know if this is good news. I don't quite know how I feel about this because, let's be honest, the Pro Bowl has just been kind of trashed for the past few years, so they're making a change. Um, they're bringing in the Pro Bowl games. Now, what this is going to be, it's a week-long skills competition. The game, and we have game quotation marks in our, uh, in our notes here, is that it's flag football. So there's going to be skills competition all week, and then on the weekend they're going to do a flag football game. I I don't know how I feel about it because I still feel like it's the overproduced pageantry. Like, skills competition I'm all for. I just don't know how I feel about, about flag football. What do you guys think? Well, would it help sway your opinion if I told you the only way we get football in the Olympics is if it's flag football? That's the reason the NFL is doing this. And actually, they partnered with a flag football organization that's going to help produce this and is trying to make football in the Olympics happen, which would be this version of flag football. So I I, I can get on board with that. Yeah, I can get on board with that. And the Pro Bowl needed a change anyway. Like it was overworked and honestly, nobody really cared anymore. Well, I got two thoughts on this. The skills competition. Can we please just make it the gridiron games? Like, you could get just as hurt doing any skills competition as you could doing all the goofy stuff they were doing in the Great Iron Games back in the early 2000s. That's yes. what I would prefer to see. I just want to see some truly wild shit. I want to like, see a big quarterback like Byron Leftwich being the anchor for Tug of War again. That's what I really want to see. It's fair. Uh, <clears throat> the second uh, I thing think it is, was, I think it was either Travis or Jason Kelsey put out the idea that offensive and defensive linemen should have a hot dog eating contest as part of this. <laughs> that would be perfect. That would be perfect. <laughs> and, and the second thing I want to say relates to the flag football. If that's how we get football in the Olympics, awesome. But I also want to throw out here, don't shit on it yet. If you watch the FCF or if you listen to us, when we were talking about the FCF, there was a charity flag football game going on in between the two sets of games this year. And Tyreek Hill was one of the guys I remember that played in it. And it was wildly entertaining. It was a celebrity uh, and NFL star mashup here for that flag football game. 
Look, I, I'm not saying it's going to be any better than what the Pro Bowl has been, but it's definitely not going to be any worse because they might as well have had flags on their hips before anyway. Yeah. Right. Absolutely. Sorry, guys. I keep looking back. We do have Monday Night Football on in the background, or at least I do. Um, Doug, I'm assuming you do as well. Are you saying that because my internet's cutting out? <laughs> no, I'm saying that because you you have also been pulling it up, and I know you're set up is pretty good for that type of thing. You love. I mean, I'm I'm trying. Yeah, there I'm you struggling go. at the moment, but you're, you're not. Trying. You have not cut out at all. Okay, that's good. Progress. <laughs> See, but now when we when we do our Super Bowl stream, we will have an entertainer to talk about. It is not Taylor Swift. Uh, the NFL has officially announced. I know previously it was rumored they were in contract negotiations, and well, social media bullied T uh, T Swift out of it. Uh, Brianna is now the Super Bowl halftime show for this year, uh, along with Rock Nation. Uh, guys, are you excited for this? What are you expecting? Uh, for those who don't know, Rock Nation is the Jay-Z company where the Big 12 just pulled their new commissioner from. So they are very connected to football and very much involved in football. So I don't think this is as bad as it sounds. <laughs> I'm, I'm excited to see if uh, the internet bullies Rihanna out of doing this as well. That'd be pretty cool. I well, highly doubt it. Seems most uh, people are on board that I've been seeing. I know I'm sure there's I, plenty of people in both camps. I will say this, like pop country maybe has a place at a Super Bowl halftime show, but straight country, like Taylor Swift, uh, not not so Taylor much. Taylor Swift is definitely not pure country Shh. and hasn't been for two decades at this point. Yeah. I'm not, yeah. Either way, her music does not belong at the Super Bowl halftime show. And well, if you disagree right, so here's, me, you're just wrong. Here's my take on How this does... that I've been saving up for this conversation on air because I want to get your reaction to this. Um, I would say this is definitive proof that the halftime show is not for people who are watching the Super Bowl. It's just get more TV viewers on the Super Bowl. Oh, itself. I guarantee you so some there NFL is... executive's granddaughter was like, hey, get Taylor Swift on for the halftime show. I guarantee well, that's how this happened. I'm just going to say there's no way we're ever going to get that Metallica halftime show, even though every football fan in existence wants that. Or the Aerosmith. It's not going to attract a different crowd than would already be tuning in. And so to get the intersection of Super Bowl watchers and halftime show watchers to be the biggest it could possibly be, we're going to keep seeing some wild artists thrown out there for this like the weekend already kind of off base for this uh last year i mean kind of made sense it was all the la guys uh, and then them. right right and then this year it's it was down taylor swift and rihanna so it's not exactly the football fans first choice for music entertainment I'm just stuck on how Taylor Swift music doesn't fit, but Rihanna's does. Or, or is she in the same vein, Ben? I don't think either of them fit. Okay, the only, I'll tell. I'll say this too: the only reason Taylor Swift was probably, uh, probably thrown out there, she's basically just been re-releasing all of her music to actually make money off of it. There's a whole thing with that and her contract deal that she had with her previous record label, and so her popularity is through the roof. And if you pay attention to vinyl records at all. 
Taylor Swift is cornering the market on that because they basically end up being limited prints because for everybody else, because every single vinyl company is making Taylor Swift albums day in and day out. And, oh yeah, you wanted like a hundred thousand vinyl for your, your album. Uh, We'll get to it in like four months. So your fans can have it in like six. Like it's, I get why Taylor Swift was picked, uh, especially the popularity and money aspect of it for the NFL. Nobody, the thing that doesn't make sense to me is nobody that watched the Super Bowl for Taylor Swift was then going to watch the game for the game or the draft or any games next season. Like it, I, I know exactly what you're saying. I totally understand it. Ultimately, it doesn't really change anything because there's still an extremely large cross section of people that watch the Super Bowl just for the commercials. Like the commercials right. are just as big as the game at this point. And right. to that well, end, so is the halftime show. Well, and, and, and that's Doug's point. You just highlighted Doug's point because if more people tune in for the halftime show that aren't normally tuning in, the price value for those commercial spots go up. So you're drawing right. in so more. There's, is, there's like yeah. three circles to this Venn diagram, right? Yep. And they want to separate as much as possible. So it, I think that's just why we're never going to see Metallica show, even though that would be obviously the best possible option. Uh, also, it is definitely true what you said about vinyls. I pre-ordered a vinyl two months ago that's expected to arrive in January. So exactly. Jesus. I can't stand Taylor Swift at the moment. I will say she was a genius <laughs> the way she wrote those contracts, though. Absolutely. No. Jesus. She was she was, she was a, not. She was a teenager and got right. fucked. But she's successful now. She's able to re to fix those mistakes. No, 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 no. She, so, she is circumventing the contracts with what she's doing now. The yes, original because contracts were so bad. That's fair. But what was good about it is in the original contract, she got to keep the masters to her songs, which is why she can re-release them. No, if she the didn't, that's why she's this. re-recording everything too. Why are we getting so far into this? Taylor Swift's making a shit ton of money, and that's why the NFL wanted her. The internet bullied her out of that spot. Now Rihanna's filling it. Let's please, for the love of God, stop talking about this. Either way, Aaron Donald. (laughs) (laughs) What we got? Okay. Either way, Aaron Donald has net. What do you want me to do? I'm laughing. Literally, as I start talking. Yes. He's, he's already thinking about the, the same punchline we make every single time we bring up this stat. All right. Aaron Donald has now registered sack number 100. Uh, it was against Kyler Murray, who is honestly notably hard to sack in the NFL. And frankly, he is the fastest defensive tackle to reach 100 sacks. Doug, go ahead and say your piece here that's in the notes. Can't believe he has 100 sacks because I only have one. That wasn't the joke I thought you were going with. I thought you were going with the one that was underneath it. What, that the Modern Warfare 2 beta came out? So Kyler, Kyler Murray was tired as shit? Skipped out on his study So there's a week. sports book I think, on Twitter who is legitimately tracking when COD releases happen and like double XP weekends for Call of Duty and stuff. Kyler Murray is legitimately three and like 60-something in his career <laughs> across college and NFL. There's Call of Duty something happening. And you know what's worse? You know what's worse is now he has Marquise Brown on his team. Granted, Marquise Brown had an right. excellent game. Right. Let's not let's Yeah, not but he's gonna go be Brown a Twitch too streamer too. So <laughs> he already is. He has a channel. Yeah, full time though. We're gonna go, we're gonna drop football and go full time stream. 
they need to start streaming together watching some damn game film. That's what needs to happen. Can we say the internet bullied the Cardinals into a bad season this year? Because they had everything in place. Like, dude, you got to study. You got to give me this much time. <laughs> the fact that his agent didn't say absolutely not, I'm not even giving this to him, is absurd. Right. His like, agent probably that, because yeah, his agent error. goes, his agent went, mm, that's probably okay. Yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> no video games? That checks. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Now, before we get into the reviews of the games for the week, I do want to cover a couple injuries. Uh, Mac Jones with a severe, uh, quote-unquote, pretty severe high ankle sprain. Um, honestly, watching him limp off the field, it did not look good. Um, Delvin Cook decided that his shoulder didn't need to be in its socket uh, again. Uh, they're not expecting that to be long-term. Uh, they're actually expecting, I think he's expected to play this week somehow. DeAndre Swift also said, hey, I want to join the shoulder injury train, so he's out for a bit. Uh, Matt Campbell's Dave, actually already come out and said he's not expecting DeAndre Swift. They're not going to even try to bring him back till after the bye week, which is they have two games and then the bye, so three weeks. He'll be back yeah. in four weeks. David Montgomery, I didn't see this one. Ben, did you Did you catch this injury? <clears throat> yeah, I think it's just a high ankle sprain. Uh, he's still listed as day-to-day. I'm interested to see – how this goes and the Cowboys just got a block. Yep. Uh it was not off the ass of the up man. It was a legitimate block. It was also it was also a field goal attempt. If he hit that off the ass of his fucking holder, I'd be impressed. <laughs> he would probably he be around before he got back to the back to the uh sideline. Straight Straight up up heel real quick and then tell him to out of New anyway. York. Uh Bad news for the Chargers got worse this week. Uh, actually, yeah, Ben, did we finish covering David Montgomery? Yeah, yeah. ankle day to day. Okay, I, I mean that's that's about that's about all it is. That's oh, all yeah. I know anyway. So bad news for the Chargers gets worse. So Justin Herbert is dealing with some rib injuries right now, uh, playing through it, but this isn't going to help. Uh, Rayshon Slater, uh, Pro Bowl tackle for the for the Chargers there, uh, or All Pro, he had some recognition with his name tore his bicep last night or yesterday and he is out for the season uh that's gonna severely hamper that charges offensive line and frankly didn't look all that good yesterday i mean yeah charges pretty bad travis i'm not taking the heat for your fantasy downfall all right Got Travis Pyle on here on Facebook. Montgomery's glass and Ben sucks at giving fantasy advice. Look, that last part is definitely fault. true. I don't know if David Montgomery's made out of glass. I would probably want to believe he's made out of flesh and blood and bones and like muscles and stuff. We don't know that for sure. Cannot confirm nor deny. <laughs> it is possible. He's made out of the same material Christian McCaffrey and Saquon Barkley are, which is a form of glass, yes. <laughs> but. <laughs> Sean Slater was a pro bowler, by the way. Clear that up. Yeah, and he's like, his, the way they described his bicep injury was insane. Like, it sounded like his biceps just exploded. <laughs> which That's normally how those injuries happen, though. Bicep tears? It's disgusting. Yeah. Yeah, like, yo, that was nasty. 
And then finally, I don't have the lead on this one. I don't know who put it in here. Uh, Miles Garrett has been in a single car accident, non-life-threatening injuries uh, to himself and a passenger. Doug, what do you got? That's literally all we know right now. Miles Garrett is in the hospital, but he has been cleared as saying this is nothing serious. Just something to watch out for, I guess. There might be, I mean, they might be precautious with him. Might hold him out for a little bit. This is it is helpful for the Browns that this is their mini bye week, basically, with a Thursday night game is past Thursday. So, you know, a little bit of extra time to have recovered and then hopefully recover from his car accident. So if you are in an individual defensive player league like Bug and I are, uh, this is definitely some news to keep an eye on. Yeah, I would, I would probably say he's, sit Miles Garrett on this week. I would say he's likely to miss. Like, sure, it was non-life threatening, but his Porsche still flipped as they went off the side right. of the road. So, yeah, right. uh, this is. I mean, he's he's an NFL athlete. I've seen athletic guys recover from worse shit a lot faster than I thought they could. That's a story for another time, though. I mean, my papa <clears throat> got in a wreck and flipped a couple times and took him two months to recover and he's still not fully right. So, you know, anything's possible. I don't think Oscar is that serious or we would have heard a lot more by now, put it that way, I guess. <laughs> um, I'm from that area originally. So I know exactly where the accident happened from reading that report, but <laughs> like, I, you kind I of get like low key hate that, you know, that shit too, though. Mason You're like, Rudolph. damn, I have almost fucking flipped this so many times too. <laughs> I did. I never flipped it personally. You know, I, I, that's, not, that's not how I drive. Mason Rudolph yeah. probably paying him back for smashing him in the head with the helmet. Thank you, Travis Pylon. That, uh, that was a good um, one. That checks. <laughs> All right. Let's, let's hop into some game reviews, starting with Pittsburgh and Cleveland here. Uh, the scoreline does not actually indicate how close this game actually was. Uh, a yeah, jacked up ended on a touchdown. Yeah, and on a touchdown with some jacked up lateral attempts uh, and a Cleveland defensive touchdown. So that was a good sign if you had Cleveland on the uh, yeah against the spread on your fantasy roster <laughs> and against the or, spread. Yeah, the defense. Yeah, for sure. <clears throat> um, can we just say the Steelers' offense absolute booty trash? Just I like don't... Denver's. I don't know. Oh, it's slightly, it's slightly better, better than, than Denver's. Better than Denver's. I'll give them that. Denver all I know, a big fan offense. All I know is Steelers fans are ready to get rid of Matt Canada and Mitchell Trubisky, which I don't know why they were excited for him to begin with. Uh, but it is it is disgusting what they're they're stuck dealing with right now because it's not well, like they, Mason Rudolph's think... a great option, and Mike Tomlin's pretty firm about not wanting to play Kenny Pickett, and I have to believe. Mike Tomlin is not most other coaches in the NFL. I don't think Kenny Pickett sees the field unless Trubisky and Mason Rudolph both tear an ACL. And even then, they might call Colin Kaepernick before they put Kenny Pickett on the field. Um, that's not going to happen for sure. Uh, it'll be there are several other options out there. <laughs> maybe maybe Jackson Erdman gets the call. Uh, we'll talk about him at the end of the show, though. Don't worry. Uh, but this is exactly what I expected out of Cleveland, though. Nick Chubb's going to carry them to a decent, respectable record until Deshaun Watson gets back. I mean, Jacoby Brissett played fine. Amari Cooper looks way better than the only 
fifth round pick they had to give up for him. But this is Nick Chubb's team right it's, now. It's going to be very interesting when Deshaun Watson comes back because there's the assumption that he's going to come back and be what he was two years ago. And I just, right. I don't know if that's going to happen. Is I, he even allowed to yeah. practice with the team right now? No. Yes. Yes, he is because he was not suspended for the entire season. That I thought you point. weren't. I thought you weren't allowed to practice until your suspension was over. I thought you were nope. devoid of all team activities. Nope. If you're suspended for the entire season, you're kept out of the facility and everything. But I remember that being a point of the ruling was like, this is crazy because he's going to be allowed to practice still. This yeah, that's really defeats the entire purpose of the suspension. I thought even guys before kind games of. for PEDs weren't allowed to partake in team activities. I mean, I don't. Maybe so I'm I, wrong, but I, I, that I do know during the summer, during training camp and preseason, he was allowed to. But I thought once week one hit, he was out. I mean, you sound absolutely definitively correct on this. I'm like you 90%. Believe that you're definitively correct, so I'm going to give it to you because I'm not convinced of myself. But also, I definitely did read that. So anyway. <laughs> All right, let's move on to um, <laughs> um, I don't even want to lie and say the most exciting game of the week. Uh, we don't have the slides up, by the way. We should have uh, our game picks on the screen ooh. because none of us picked the Pittsburgh-Cleveland game. Um, well, that's why I didn't have it up because none of us picked it. So I was like, oh, yeah, no worries. But, I got time to go look for other shit. But the same slide has our next game. so It does have our next game, doesn't it? It does. All right, Ben, take your victory lap. Somehow you pulled it off uh, on the back of a Jimmy G not knowing where the back of the end zone is. Dan Rolovsky, you are not alone, man. Jimmy G, yes. welcome to the club. Yes. Oh, you mean like this? Yes. yes. Straight yes. safety himself. Yep. <laughs> it is. It's fantastic. And Doug actually went and edited the pictures a little bit so you can see just how far away a Broncos defender is compared to how close the very nice Jared Allen was from Dan Orlowski <laughs> on that fateful Sunday. I got to say, if Jared Allen were coming after me like that, I would say myself too. Garoppolo stepped out of the back of the end zone with nobody really that close to him. And on that play, if, if that were still in bounds, that would have been a pick six. Like so on, the with his was foot the on right the back play. line, with his foot on the back line, he threw a pick six. So, so the safety was the right play. Yes. If those are your only two options, then yes. <laughs> the safety, the safety was but the right play, kind of like one we're going to talk about later. But w- don't worry, we'll get there. <laughs> we'll get there in a little bit. And I want to, I want to bring this up before we get too far away from it. Deshaun Watson will be eligible to return to the Browns facility on October 10th and resume practicing November 14th. Uh, that's from Kevin Stefanski. Uh, that's even weirder than what both of us said. So that's yeah. Whatever. Yeah, like the date, it's just it just seems like random dates. Yeah. You can return at right. some point and start practicing. Yeah, if you want a little to. bit later. <laughs> but yeah, it's just fine. Breaking this game down, it was an offensive snooze fest on both sides of the ball. Uh without that safety, it's a ten to nine game, which I believe would have in fact been Scorigami. Um just an I ugly game all it. the way around. I doubt ten to nine to be Scorigami for the record. That feels very Look, normal. 10 to 11 is not normal. <laughs> all I know is we got one primetime game left, and it is the Cowboys leading the New York football Giants 3 to nothing currently. Because of a blocked field goal. This is disgusting. 
this is almost as bad as what we watched last night. Thank you, NFL, for these exhilarating primetime games. It's, it's only the like... first quarter. It could turn itself around. That's what it's Yeah, I've about. watched the Bears on primetime enough to know it's not going to fucking turn itself around. I know this, yeah, the this Bears, is not the Bears. When it starts off this bad, it rarely gets better. Uh, we have some college football games later that would dispute that claim. Uh, let's go that's ahead college. And that's not the NFL. I guess that's fair. Uh, <laughs> our picks, our picks for games watch this weekend. All the home uh, teams taking it. Yeah, so I, I took uh, Bears Texans here because Lovey Smith was coming back to Chicago for the third time, playing or coaching against the Bears. He was on two going into this, and he was on three going out. Uh, I said on the NFL carousel, I thought the Bears would win by 10. And at one point, they did lead by 10. So I wasn't completely wrong. You just said it was wrong. So, yeah, it was a a struggle fest there. Justin Fields even said as much. He has to play better. He played like, he said he didn't want to say the A word, but he he played like trash. Or like ass. This is the best part of that. I put in the notes, Fields played like ass, and then the next day I saw the quote, I don't want to say the A word. Yep. <laughs> but, like, we have the same exact thought, Justin. You played like ass. <laughs> <laughs> he did. And I'm not even I'm not even going to get into it. That's a discussion for a different time. Roquan Smith, though, he makes a pick at the end of the game, and then the Bears are able to just kneel it out. The last offensive snap was Justin Fields running two yards to the left uh, to put it on the hash mark where uh, Kyra Santos wanted it with the wind blowing at Soldier Field. And the Bears win by a field goal, didn't have to go to OT, and I have no clue how this game goes if it goes to OT. It really could have gone either way. Somehow the Bears are 2-1. Uh, and That's all what, I got to say. What is this year? The Bears are kicking game-winning field goals. I don't. I don't think that part's unusual. I think the part that's unusual is them not doinking off of goalposts. That's yeah, that too. And for the record, I was definitely rooting for a doink situation, just because that would have been so great. All right, I'm going to move us on, though, because, Doug, <laughs> I have one better than a doink for you. Um, yeah. What a wild game in Miami. Um, all came this down to this play. <laughs> Literally, like, I don't know if, like, he put enough force in there that if that went in the long ways, that might have gone straight up his butt. Like, <laughs> Yeah, I bet he still feels that punt. <laughs> oh, absolutely. He's probably sitting on a donut this week. Let's be real. <laughs> I mean, what a absolutely wild fourth quarter, though, around. <laughs> and then consider this, you know, with the Bills having an incomplete pass on fourth and 10. It wasn't even fourth and goal. But it backed the Dolphins all the way up to their own end zone. They lost yardage still. We're way back in their own end zone trying to punt the ball. This happened, which caused the safety, which means the Bills had worse field position. I think this safety won the Dolphins the game. I, I agree. I had this conversation with you the last night too, though, Doug. There, there's two ways you need to look at this because, yes, it seems like the safety helped them win the game, and I can see that on the surface. But then you take in the scoring differential. I think ultimately it washes out. 
The reason I say that is Morstead's known for punting long distances. I mean, he put them inside the 10 on the safety free punt. Um, but at that point, they only needed a field goal. If this punt gets off, they're probably still beyond their 50 and they need a touchdown. So I, I think ultimately it does wash out. Um, what this comes down to is Miami using up all of Buffalo's timeouts on in that uh, honestly trash heap of a drive to close out the game and then tackling all of their guys in bounds almost for the rest of the game. I don't think Miami let them get out of bounds once on that last drive. And that's why Ken Dorsey was flipping his, his shit. I don't. Yeah, that was fucking ridiculous. I'm actually a little disappointed. We don't have that video clip. I don't know that I'm willing to say any, there was any type of conspiracy or anything. And I know I'm definitely not going to get this from John here, but the refs seemed pretty slow getting the ball back in, especially on that last play. They, Got tackled with, I, I want to say, 12 disagree. or 13 seconds left. Couldn't get a snap off. I disagree. The offense wasn't lined up. They they weren't waiting on the ball for more than a second, legitimately. It took that much time for everyone to get into position in the first place. I really don't think that's the outcome of the game. I mean, it was slower than it could have been, theoretically, it wasn't so slow that it changed the outcome of the game. I will say there was, if you watch it, you got to watch the, the video carefully after that play as Isaiah McKenzie's trying to run the ball back into the center. He does kind of get yoinked just to the side, just a little bit by a Miami defensive player that definitely slowed that process down. I mean, that happens every single time oh, everyone's and, trying to move quickly. So, and that's that's what I'm going to say is I'm not going to go ahead and say it was intentional. It, I would guess it was, but I'm also not going to go ahead and say it was a a dirty play or a right. penalty because it happens every game in that same situation. Right now, what I will highlight is we're all enjoying the butt punt. Please tell me you guys have seen Tyreek's comments on the butt punt. Um, Based I saw Bob Mentory's commentary. Yeah, basically, no, no, no. So Tyreek came around and basically said, like, hey, next time he's expecting it, he'll catch it in his cheeks because he got strong cheeks. Was like a post-game quote from Tyreek Hill on Trent Sherfield. You know, <laughs> if Tyreek Hill said that about me, I would be very proud. <laughs> that boy got strong cheeks. I don't want to know why he knows that. John, I just want to say I'm disappointed you didn't even take the Dolphins. Like, Man, I, I I wanted to. I struggle with this. I said it on the pod last week. Like, hey, if I was taking this against the spread, I would take Miami. But we're taking straight up, so I'm going to go with the Bills. I thought the Bills had, had a straight up. I mean, you look at the stats. The Bills held the ball for 40 minutes of that game. They outgained us 497 to 212. There is no reason Miami should have won this game. Um, yeah, and then – I, But at the same time – when my analysis is telling me that this is the bills game, I need to pick the bills as much as it's against my favorite team. And that's, that's where I was. Do you really think there was a single ounce of my soul that thought the bears would win last week? Not at all. Exactly. Like it's different. It was against the Packers. And I'm sure if this was against the Patriots, you'd have picked the dolphins, but still. Just... Well, yeah, especially with Mac Jones out. <laughs> I picked the Titans, though. Hey, proud I, of you. I did a thing. Did you pick the Browns, too? Your your other favorite? <laughs> we didn't pick Oh, the no, we didn't pick that. That's right. We don't pick Would you have games. picked the Browns? Uh, yeah, definitely. 
All right. Because it's his other favorite team, and he's yeah. a real fan. Yeah, clearly. Fuck off, dipshits. Let's talk about this Raiders-Titans game, please. <laughs> it was also a trash game. Yeah, it was awful. <laughs> I mean, both these teams. All right, so legitimately, the way you can describe this, the Titans played a good first half. The Raiders played a good second half. The Titans' first half was better than the Raiders' second half. Ergo, Titans win the game. This was not a good performance by either squad, necessarily. Also, the Raiders are the only team in the NFL now that is 0-3. I firmly believe that Bill Belichick did not name an offensive coordinator because he knew Josh McDaniels would be back in a couple of weeks. <laughs> I was that's gonna be my question coming out of this game. If you were the Raiders, are you in full blown panic mode? I know it's only three weeks into the season, but this doesn't look good. No, I'm not. I I know Raiders fans are getting fed up with Derek Carr. Uh and it doesn't help that they just went and got his college teammate and it this is the result they're getting. I mean, this was a playoff team that legitimately had su- some Super Bowl aspirations even after having to fire their head coach last year. Mm-hmm. Now, <clears throat> we can go back down this road of should they have hired Rick Passatia, and I think the answer still for me is 100% yes. Yes. But this is the hand that they dealt themselves, and I have no clue how they get themselves out of this. Honestly, had the Titans not played like such ass last week, I'd have picked the Titans this week as well. That was. I just thought yeah. surely this is a prime time for the Raiders to get back on the right track against the Titans this week. But yep. Ugh. But the AFC South, that weakest division in football, is uh, undefeated. AFC West. Undefeated against the AFC West, which is the best division in football. So, yeah, NFL's fun this year. It's I cool. am just glad I wasn't in Kansas City on Sunday because I. I know I'd have ran into a Chiefs fan somewhere, and they would not have been happy. <laughs> and you'd have made it worse. You'd have poured fuel on the fire. Uh, eh. <laughs> yeah. so that's a yes. Um, <laughs> so our pickums have not been going that well this year for the NFL. To be honest with you, uh, Tug and I are still above five hundred, though. That counts for something. Uh, Bug, you are not above five hundred, <laughs> good sir. I am. I'm almost got two wins this week. Come on, Dallas. I mean, it's the second quarter. He says that as Daniel Jones scrambles for a first down. Yeah, it happens. Daniel Daniel Jones runs. It's fine. Yeah, Daniel Jones. uh, Vanilla Vic right there. That's that's what it's all about. (laughs) Um, Hey, let's get to our fantasy uh, sits and starts. Okie dokie. All right, I did pretty good this week, at least on the wide receiver side of things. Uh, DJ Moore, not a good game. Just all the way across, not a good game. I don't even um, know if you can have him in your on your roster at all at this point. Yeah, yeah, no, I'm I'm looking at dropping him. Uh, you can't even hope to trade him at this point. Like, yeah, it, if you have DJ, drop him out. Amon Ross St. Brown, again, it's not the the games we had been seeing from him, but it's a I solid bet. game. It's it's a solid wide receiver two or a flex position game, um, especially if you're playing PPR. I, look, he might be going up because That's, without DeAndre Swift, he's already wide receiver one in Detroit right now. Yep, his numbers might skyrocket. Who knows? 
the only thing we need to sit and monitor when this comes up is how Jamison Williams gets worked in when he comes back. So that's going to be a situation monitor too. Uh, but for now, Amon Ross St. Brown is definitely your guy. He started for me all three weeks, and I am a pleased fantasy manager right now. Running backs? I did I'm not so good this week. Uh, Javante Williams, if you're in a PPR league, it was probably a bad sit. Uh, again, he was a, it would have been a, a flex start for you. He's not going to be a running back one or your running back two this week with those numbers. Uh, but in PPR league, he could have been a solid flex. Uh, Joe Mixon, I just I let everyone down. Um, it Cincinnati also doesn't look like we what we expected them to be. Joe Burrow keeps getting sacked, and and until those issues get resolved, they look I don't know like what I expected them to be. Suck it, Bengals fans. <laughs> hey, I had Javante Williams as my number two running back this week because I'm in a 14 Ooh. man league, and my my situation was just that bad. I don't know why the thought of playing. Cool Herbert crossed my mind earlier in the week, and I was like, "Nah, nah, he's probably not going to get a ton of touches." And then, lo and behold, <laughs> David Montgomery sprains his ankle, and I've got twenty-five points staring me in the face on my bench. So, Ooh, question: Do we call this two and two on the week for fantasy? I guess are you you picks there? I would there? say so. I think that's fair. All right, two and two. So you are eight and four on the season, which you know. Doubling up. We combined. Losses, ben had two of those. Ben had two of those picks originally. I know. I'm yeah, we're probably just gonna have to short. double them up anyway. But you know, that's fair. That's fair. <laughs> well, let's go ahead and jump to college news, which is my favorite part of the show. Uh, get out of here, NFL bull shenanigans. It's time for the real sport that we we talk about here. <laughs> and Tug's leaving. I made him mad. He has to go poop. Uh, anyway, so the AP top 25, uh, the top five stayed the same. So the rest of it changed significantly. We have a top 10 Kentucky, a top 10 Tennessee. Uh, <laughs> Kansas is not ranked. Kansas that is State, fucking horseshit. Kansas State is ranked. Uh, Syracuse is not ranked. Minnesota barely is, even though they've played much better than barely being in the top 25. Uh, all sorts of weirdness to sort out yet. Next week, we will have the top 10 of the BDT trench ratings in the show as well. Uh, or as soon as next week. I will be not. I won't be here uh, at some point in October. So we'll, we'll have to navigate that. But... Um, yeah, I think I think it'll be very different than the AP poll. <laughs> Let's just put that out there. Um, everyone kind of agrees this year that the AP poll is kind of trash. The so, AP poll is starting to make it seem like they're rigging the college football playoff is really what it's coming down to. They are stiff arming out teams that are earning their way in just by voting on teams that people know. I mean, let's be real. <clears throat> the college football playoff panel when they make their picks, they look at the AP poll very heavily, regardless of whatever bullshit line they put out. There's very rarely any differences between the AP and the college football playoff poll. And just, I mean, to the same degree, there's barely ever any differences between the coaches poll and the AP poll, right? I mean, nobody has an original thought when it comes to this, and it's all about how can we make as much money as possible for ourselves. Well, that's not true. There is one person I know that had an original thought, and he has made it into being – 
and they should follow us and and subscribe to us on Patreon so they can see these beautiful rankings. See, I did something like that. It was called the BCS Bowl, and everybody hated it because there was no human element. And now so, people hate the human element. So we're never going to be fucking right. But right. at least you know that we're unbiased in our takes on the poll. I was going to say, right. you can tell I'm unbiased in mine. I picked I pick Buffalo to win. Um, anyway, <laughs> polls. Um, so Boise State lost um, pretty badly. That game was on Friday night. And then the next day, they fired their offensive coordinator. Um, their interim offensive coordinator is former NFL head coach, <laughs> retired, Dirk Cutter. Um, he used to be the head coach of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and retired from football and then was like, eh, I'll come help out Boise State. I live in Idaho now. Why not? It'd be fun. And then now he's interim offensive coordinator. So back to coach Cutter. Um, but their starting quarterback, Hank Bachmeyer, has entered the transfer portal. And you might be saying, hey, didn't you guys have a story about how there are portal windows effective immediately? Uh, this is that one exception where okay. he just had his coach get fired. His offensive coordinator counts for that. And he is eligible to enter the transfer portal immediately and he has chosen to do so Boise State is in a mess right now uh Air Force should win in because it's not Wyoming you're not wrong I'm just upset that I need to rely on Wyoming to drop two games in the Mountain West and their schedule oh, they looks will. favorable they'll they drop will. three four games in the Mountain West and I hate Wyoming <laughs> Who do you Speaking hate of more? Coaches. Do you hate Wyoming more, or do you hate Troy Calhoun more? Ooh. Ooh. Good question. Answer this question very fucking carefully. Think about that while I read off this next story. Um, <laughs> Georgia Tech has also fired their head coach, Jeff Collins, and, as of this morning, fired their athletic director as well, Todd Stansbury. Uh, their interim head coach is Brent Key. He is... The, he was the associate coach, run game coordinator, slash offensive line coach for Georgia Tech. Um, played on the offensive line at Georgia Tech in the 90s to 2000. Went straight into coaching, was at UCF for a long time before becoming the offensive line coach at Alabama for three years and then taking the associate head coach slash offensive line job at his alma mater. So now interim head coach Brent Key, uh, that kind of sucks for you because you're probably not going to get considered for the full-time thing, even though this is definitely a job that you would want. Um, but you might get a head coaching job somewhere else. That is possible. We'll Isn't see what happens made, here. Like, extra awkward by the fact that Todd Stansberry released a massive statement about how the team, they were going to make sure the team got better and all this, or was that just Georgia tech in general? I can't, I can't, that I don't was, remember who put it out. That was a school president. It, it does. That's almost funnier. Yeah, both of these teams are so bad that I think that Georgia Tech put out a statement too. And Colorado has yet to fire their coach, and all the fans are mad about it. So then I can make, probably after seeing what Georgia Tech's done. Ben, right. I can make you real excited, real quick. Tony Pollard just ripped off like a 45, 50 yard run. Pretty sure he's in one of my dynasty leagues. Right playing. up the gut. But it is also three to three, so you haven't yeah. won shit yet. Suck it, Ben. 
<laughs> uh, back to the question, though. Do you hate Troy Calhoun or Wyoming more? That's You know my stance on Troy Calhoun. I actually sat yeah. down, Doug, and we've had a good conversation on this. Um, I don't know. I, I think I hate losing in Wyoming more. Like, I hate losing to and in Wyoming more than anything right now. Um, the only thing that would come close to it is losing to Army and Navy, but that doesn't happen near as consistently. Um, so, all right, question. If Troy Calhoun started beating Wyoming every year, would you like him? No, and you know you know why behind it. <laughs> all right, all right, all right. I because, guess. Ben, you, you weren't here for this conversation. <laughs> Let me fill, fill everyone in. Yes, Troy Calhoun is the winningest coach in Air Force history. Second. Second, I will correct you. Okay. I've said it wrong before. <laughs> You've said it wrong so many times that it's got me thinking it now, too. Either way, he is He's up there. Pass Fisher to Barry, though. Yeah, he should. Yes, he's got the wins. My issue comes down into these close games, uh, and I have heard reports from players and guys on the coaching staff that this happens routinely at Air Force. You get down, you're coming into half, and, and you don't take a shot. What we don't hear, and everyone's going to sit there and go, Air Force isn't built to take shots, and you're right. But what we don't hear about standard is the offensive coordinator is in the headset saying, hey, run this play, let's take a shot. And Troy Calhoun goes, no, let's just need it out. For instance, in that Wyoming game, he called a timeout so Wyoming could punt it. He ran one play and walked to the locker room. Why even call the timeout? Right, I so, would so say my issue... the the lack of trust with his coaching staff, and, and that's what not, it is—not respecting his players enough to, you know, actually call plays that they are ready for and prepared for. That's kind of weird to me. That's kind of sus. So, I kind of get it now. On the same level, he wins a lot of games for you, so it's still a tough it's conversation. Tough. No, it, it absolutely is a tough conversation, which is why I enjoy winning. I enjoy winning bowl games. I like that Air Force is constantly relevant in the Mountain West. But I need him or I I need them to take that next step. Right? I need them to piece together a Mountain West. We've had teams that have been built to compete in the Mountain West before and we just drop the ball. Literally, sometimes it's a fumble. Yeah, um, but you weren't going to beat that San Diego State team that one year, so No, I mean. no we weren't. <laughs> Just no, and every other year that every other year we've had a shot. It's been Wyoming. Fucking assholes. <laughs> it is now six to three, Cowboys. I just want to um, say I've had to deal with Josh Allen for about the past eight years. It's good. Let that hate flow through you. Oh, it's flowing. <laughs> um, but yeah, back to Georgia Tech for a second. I really don't know who their options are going to be. I did see that Bill O'Brien has already named as a candidate, which is unusual. You don't normally. I've name got one for candidates. him. Herm Edwards. I've I've got one for him. They already run the triple option. Let's just bring in Troy. Uh, if they're going to do that, I would say they're probably going to look for Jamie Chadwell instead, who runs a modified triple option. Um, that they would probably like more. I think the most interesting thing here is that Georgia Tech's been going away from the triple option and they aren't happy with it because it's not happening fast enough. I mean, I could go on about this for a few hours. I'm not going to. I almost did it earlier. I, I don't. 
I don't get the anger here. It's not like Georgia Tech has even been close to a conference championship in five or six years, even with the triple options. I don't know what they're what they're getting at here. I I, I don't. They've been I don't get, a lot I know, more competitive over like five years ago. They were a lot more competitive than they are right now. Hand yeah, yeah. I I would think though, honestly, the fact that Georgia State is starting to surpass them a little bit uh, is probably why. You've got another yeah. school in town. Right, Georgia State and Georgia Southern have had better Georgia seasons Southern, than Georgia yeah. Tech. That, so. that actually brings up a very interesting candidate. Clay Helton. Clay Helton. <laughs> uh, the one I've seen more likely is actually Georgia's offensive coordinator, which I don't remember his name at the moment, but he sounds like a very likely what? candidate, actually. What about Lance Leopold? He's been on the hook for just about every starting job that's popped up. I mean, throw his name in there too. Why not? Here's the thinking with Leopold. All right. The reason you would leave a 12 job is to go to a job that has more resources. Those jobs are in the Big Ten, the SEC. Georgia Tech is not in the Big Ten or the SEC. So there's no reason to leave the Big 12 the bottom of the big 12 for the bottom of the ACC. That's not a promotion. Leopold shouldn't do that. I am seeing a lot of heat that it may be Baylor's Dave Aranda taking that Nebraska job, which sounds like a step down because Baylor is good at the moment, but Nebraska has a lot more money to put in their football program than Baylor does and will for the foreseeable future. Thanks to the big Ten's media contracts. That's become a very recent development in Nebraska's coaching search. Uh, it's been very plausible that Dave Aranda is your next head coach up there, um, which would be a fantastic hire. I think that's one of the best hires you could have at Nebraska just because of that defense. I mean, yep. we've seen LSU's national championship team, what Baylor's done the last two years. Those have been good defenses. And if you can piece together some actual recruiting at Nebraska and get some defensive play in the Big Ten, you're going to be successful. So that happened today. I found out about that talk today. Um, Also had coaching talk today in the Big Ten. Um, Donors for Wisconsin don't like Paul Christ anymore. That's wild. Jesus Christ. Uh, That's I, mean, I saw terrible. that one coming a mile away. Um, You're going to do it, and I'm still not excited about it. <laughs> <laughs> so, I would say this is Nebraska firing Bo Pelini or Frank Solick. Um, if they were to fire Paul Christ, Wisconsin. You don't lose the guy who's winning you nine games a year, eight at minimum a year, just because you think you should be winning 10 when you have no reason to think that you can, right? It's like they are recruiting at a level that Wisconsin really hasn't been able to in the past. I mean, Barry Alvarez has been the peak of Wisconsin football. Why are you going to throw that away? for an external guy who doesn't understand your culture. Because apparently they're talking, they wouldn't even promote their defensive coordinator, Jim Leonard, Jim Leonard, who's been getting all the external 
love as a potential head coaching candidate. They would be in line for Lance Leopold if Dave Ronda works out to Nebraska. So it's a wild time in the Big Ten uh, as everyone's trying to catch up to the Big Ten East. <laughs> so And failing to do so. Head coaching moves as a result. Um, but yeah, anyway, that's a lot of news talk for actually not a lot of news in the college football this week. So let's just move on. Let's talk about some games. We games got this about. too. Um, yeah, this is actually, it might have been good to save this for next show because this is what Ole Miss will be wearing in their ranked matchup this coming Saturday. Um, we'll, we'll get more 14, into our dis- I think, Ole Miss. Against we'll get number in, eight now, Kentucky. We'll get into our utter disdain for this helmet later. So think of all your memes and mean and rude comments <laughs> uh, and be ready to throw them in the chat here on Thursday. I mean, I don't understand Hold on, that. hold on. Go back real quick. I need somebody out there who's really good with, like, photo editing and colors to make all of the white yellow. No. Just Stop so we can... It. Stop right now. Move on. Oh, piss. Ranked Thank first you. Ranked uh, Clemson at Wake Forest. We almost memed ourselves. Uh, we only didn't because I pointed out we were about to meme ourselves. And then I was like, yeah, I'll take Wake Forest. Um, I'm just going to stick you this didn't, out there. I would have. So I don't blame you because this was I... legitimately going to the weekend. I thought this was going to be a great matchup. And it was double overtime. So. It comes down to me just liking Sam Hartman more than I like DJ. I mean, that's I mean, that's really all it is. Doesn't everyone I, in the world? I'm just gonna <laughs> go out there the and say I'm pretty sure we are over when we all pick together. So games we think are locks are absolutely not locks. I mean, I don't think we thought Arkansas was guaranteed to beat Texas A&M. No, that that that's we a just... unique one, but that but it still adds to the data <laughs> point. And they probably should have won since at the top of the goalpost. Anyway, um, Florida at Tennessee. <laughs> Tennessee has not beaten Florida um, very consistently in a long time, I would say. I think um, it was 18 years since they last beat Florida. No, that's not true. They've beaten them, I think, twice in the like last two 18 years, ago. years or something like that. Um, I think they beat them like two years ago. I'm not even sure their first. Was this their first one in the swamp in 18? Or no, because they were at Neyland. This I don't know. Yeah. yeah. The point is Tennessee doesn't win against Florida very often anymore, and they did um, in pretty exciting fashion. Not going to lie, 38-33 sounds a lot closer than this game was. Felt like Tennessee was the much better team all game. And at the same time, honestly, Tennessee played a little bit sloppy. So there are definitely things to improve on here, but we do have a top 10 volunteers team now, uh, which I know Ben's a big fan of. Uh, we no longer have a top 10 Arkansas team, which we are all very sad about. Thanks. That game was very close. I still don't understand how that kick's not good. If it sails over the upright directly, it's a good kick. But if it right. bounces off and in, it's not. Because that, that the way that ball bounced over, it went through the uprights. So I don't. I am very tempted to sing college. We change the rule to be the goalposts are like the foul poles. If you can hit in between them 
or hit them, it's good. Because <laughs> no, 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 otherwise, no. college kickers want... will continue to ruin games forever. <laughs> I don't want all doinks to be good. How how did it happen twice in the same week is what I really want to know. <laughs> right. Like, Very carefully and with all... smiles on the defense. And the other fucking crazy thing about this, this game was played at AT&T Stadium. So the poles were about 20 fucking feet higher than they were at what Wyoming? Is that where the other one happened? Like, so uh, Wyoming's wasn't this week. That was Tulsa, Wyoming. Uh, Wyoming played BYU this week and got their shit kicked. Yeah. But I, either way, yes, you're right. Would have been funny if BYU lost to Wyoming. We hate both of them immensely. I hate Wyoming. <laughs> um, but yeah. Um, honestly, good matchups this week in the FBS. Surprisingly, that was our first ranked versus ranked matchup at noon was Clemson-Wake Forest. Uh, I'm sure we'll get a lot more of that as we get deeper into conference play, as you can see all Thank these good conference games. So more good games spread throughout the day. But we also had a lot of ranked versus ranked in the FCS, so we had to pick some of those as well. I did good uh, on this one. South Dakota State came out hot, 14-0. Then it was 14-14. And then it was 28-14 South Dakota State. Uh, Missouri State played very well in the third quarter, and that was the only time they played well, apparently. So, (laughs) Um, yeah, Missouri State is no longer tied for number four. Montana State is in sole possession of number four now after narrowly beating Eastern Washington. This was a very good game. Ended up being 38-35 for Montana State. I'm just and happy I got like another one right. Any notes because I know you're all waiting for me to say this next one. Uh, Eastern Kentucky did lose to y'all's favorite team for some reason. Literally, F yourselves. <laughs> I still... I cannot get over Colonel Sanders on my screen right now. Like you keep saying he's it not. It is not Colonel Sanders. It is just the Colonel. <laughs> it's Colonel like... Sanders' cousin, Lieutenant Colonel Sanders. <laughs> he looks like I Colonel Sanders. <laughs> I will accept got, Lieutenant Colonel Sanders. You got Governor Austin P over there too. I mean, it's just what are we doing in the FCS here, man? Like, uh, I don't know. Things. That's what we're let's, doing. Let's go pee. Well, all right. So Austin P did win this game, thirty-one to twenty. It was a huge comeback. I think it was, I, I think it was twenty to three at one point, and then Austin P came roaring back in the second half. Uh, I legitimately thought this was going swimmingly for me, and then fucking Austin P. I hate them so much. <laughs> Who do you hate uh, more, because... Austin P or Michigan? Don't ask me that. That's a dumb question. I just don't like Austin P. He hates Austin P more. It's okay. Um, one other FCS game that's not on this slide that we have to mention. Uh, Stephen F. Austin came oh out. Oh my god! Why did we not put this slide up? Um, they very nearly won a hundred to nothing. Um, they intentionally missed the two point conversion on the last scoring play of the game to make it 98 nothing 
which seems like such a bigger dick move than just making that. Oh, it is. It absolutely is. <laughs> Kneeling on that two point conversion is worse than scoring ninety eight points and not allowing your opponent to score anything. Right. Like, um, do they call in local high school kids in the second half? Like, what in the fuck happened here? I truly am not certain what happened. The Stephen F. Austin would look this good. Uh, Warner, for their part, the losers in this case, 98 to nothing. Uh, somebody has to be that nothing. Warner Royals for you. They are a Division Two team who FCS schools are pl- allowed to play one of those a year. And Warner t- literally took the bus uh, <laughs> to Stephen F. Austin and took the bus right back. Uh, that is a at least 17-hour bus ride. So I, they were not ready to play. <laughs> Put I it that way. <laughs> disgusting. I wonder how much Stephen F. Austin told them or paid them to do that. I don't want to know because no mo- amount of money is good enough to be beaten 98 to nothing. I, oh, that is disturbing. Uh, I will say... For Stephen F. Austin's part, they did take their quarterback out after, like, four touchdowns. <laughs> the backup's going to be in the, hitting the transfer portal here soon. Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> they had one, two, three, four different players throw touchdown passes. God damn. And yeah, I was not to- one of them. Ben, to answer your question, yes, they went and found local high school JV players to fucking finish this game out. <laughs> and they had all players with rushing touchdowns, so they were throwing the ball all up and down the field all the game. <laughs> Two rushing touchdowns on this game. Jesus. And it was 98 nothing. <laughs> so... All right, yeah, let's get on to some not, good games. Definitely not a ranked versus ranked matchup. Just... <laughs> Something we had to talk about. Uh, we, our picks for games to watch. I'll um, pick great games. Yes. Yes, we did. Uh, start us off, bud. Oh, man. I love everything about this. I love that <laughs> Texas loses. I love that Bijan Robinson, the backbone of this team, fumbles to start OT. And then Texas Tech, all they have to do is kick a field goal to win this baby. Uh, what I hate is that they then got fined by the Big 12. Something what was it two hundred thousand dollars for the student storm field? Obscene. And all I can think is everybody was throwing the horns down as they rushed onto the field, so that's got to be it. Legitimately though, uh, there is a video of uh, Overshone getting pushed. Yeah. And uh, that probably, if that video doesn't surface, I don't think the fine is two hundred thousand dollars. But seeing fans make physical contact with an opposing player, uh, definitely. Definitely doesn't help. Um, I, get I love everything I, about this. I, I love everything about Texas Tech. I, so I will say, I know the Big Twelve is not the SEC, but the SEC's standard fine for first offense for storming the field is like two fifty. So that's right on par with storming the field issues. That's so dumb. Storming it is. Field, it is college football. So here, here's the thing. I get it in basketball because what happens with basketball is it always ends up in a dog pile and. First of all, these guys are on hard wood, right? And none of them have pads on, right? Right. That's very. I mean, guys have gotten hurt in those piles before, famously a couple times. times. 
in football, like all everybody wants to do is get in a massive huddle and jump around and maybe tear down the goalpost. But there's so many people there, they come down at like half a mile per hour. So, I mean, if that's the most dangerous thing that happens when you're storming the field in a football game, I, I don't know. I, I feel like that is such a quintessential part of college football. It is absolutely ridiculous that we're finding teams for this, especially in a big rank, you know, facing off against a ranked opponent like this. I get it. This isn't a huge rivalry, especially from the UT side of things. But for Texas Tech, this is huge. It's a team that's wanted to be one of the top programs in the Big 12. This is a team that's wanted to turn that corner for several years. Are they finally doing it? I don't know, but this is definitely a good step one. It's a it, definitely a good step one. It's, he's, this is actually the second time in Texas Tech history that a head coach for the Red Raiders has won their first game against the University of Texas. So Joe McGuire is definitely the right hire so far, it looks like. So, so I will say this, because Ben brought up tearing down the goalposts. I still enjoy the story, and I know I only learned it last week. I still enjoy the story that when App State beat Michigan, not only did they tear down the goalposts, they delivered them to the chancellor's doorstep. Like That is a fundamental right as an American. That's what I'm saying, man. <laughs> We should be able to do that without being fined. <laughs> Every time anybody beats Michigan, that should be the standard, not the exception. So Bijan Robinson fumbled in overtime. This was his fourth fumble in college football. Um, 300-something carries at least. I mean, maybe 400 carries. Fourth fumble ever in uh, His coach made him carry a football around campus after this fumble legitimately there was a student tried to knock the ball out and almost got assaulted so (laughs) i i approve of these methods i think it's a little bit over the top personally considering that's not really an issue and it was a freak accident uh fumbles do happen (laughs) don't drop my baby sister we'll be okay texas football man uh i don't i don't know what else to say about that I mean, if it were an Ohio State player, I would want them publicly executed instead of having to carry a football around. So Jesus Christ. It's if the Texas cares that much about football, they would have actually set up a guillotine on campus. But they didn't do that, and so I think Texas doesn't care. Let's get on to your game. <laughs> <laughs> I had James Madison at Appalachian State this week. Uh, I for some reason JMU has just come out extremely dominant. Uh, what was it, forty-seven to seven, week one against the Blue Raiders of Middle Tennessee? Uh, that same Middle Tennessee State team just beat the Miami Hurricanes in Miami. Uh, the Miami is in three all time against Middle Tennessee State, which is beautiful. By the um, transitive anyway. property, JMU is better than Miami. Absolutely. 100%. I mean, they probably are legitimately better than Miami, too. Like, let's not even throw the transitive property in here. Uh, so, JMU coming into this game is their first Sun Belt game ever as a member of the conference. And they go down 28-3 to to start this thing off. Appalachian State is up big. And then JMU came all the way back. This was a 32-28 final score. Um, App State didn't score after the second quarter. 
like, Jan, you shut them down. Um, and for everyone saying that this is a transfer job, you know, all the new rules make this so much easier. There are only two starters on James Madison's team that were FBS transfers. So this is completely James Madison being 100% ready can for I, this move. Can I and, throw this out here, too? It's absolute dog shit that yes. the, they will not allow JMU to play in a bowl game this year. Glad you said it because I was. Like, they have a legit chance to be the winners of the Sun Belt, and they, they're not even allowed to compete in the conference championship game. Right. Like, it's I, not even just bowl game. They have a worse punishment than LSU for improving themselves. Don't, don't fucking get me started on that. I, I would almost go and say that the Patriot League, that's where they came from, right? Colonial. CAA. Colonial. CAA. Whatever. I would almost go and say, you know what? What they did to them on their way out was justifiable because they're leaving and they're already one of the best FCS teams in the country anyway. Let's try and get another team into the playoff this year because they're a shoe in without the conference championship title, right? I mean, I, am I don't not, like it, but I understand it, I guess. I, I get it on the other side. I don't. Right. Why are we punishing a team that moved up? That doesn't make any That's sense. That's it. Right. I have no idea. Uh, so JMU, assuming they will become bowl eligible, which is looking like they will, uh, they'll apply for a waiver. Last two times a waiver has been applied for to this rule. It has been denied, uh, most recently, at Appalachian State. So, yeah, I, JMU will be able to play in a bowl game this year, even though they will have definitely earned that right. Um, that you know sucks. what I would love to see? I would love to see JMU just keep practicing and practicing and practicing and then take on the FCS championship in an exhibition match. I would love for that to somehow work out. I doubt it will. I doubt or whatever Jackson state. (laughs) I would love that too. Just randomly for no reason. (laughs) I would love that. Uh, Jackson state, by the way, first time they're in the FCS top 10 since 1997, Deion Sanders cooking up something special down there. And they still won't play in the playoffs. So I don't right. That, that would be – I think that would even be adequate. Let, if JMU is bowl eligible and gets denied, have them play the winner of the Celebration Bowl. I think that would probably be more likely to happen. It would be fun uh, watching yeah. JMU destroy uh, South Carolina State. <laughs> You're not wrong. <laughs> because whatever – what is it? The SWAC, they cannot win that game for whatever right. reason. I don't get it. Uh, our last game that we picked, this was also a fantastic one. What do you got, Tug? Kansas is a football school. What else is there? What else is there to say? Kansas is four and zero for the first time since <laughs> the early two thousands. Um, they did it uh, in decisive fashion. Two thousand nine. I thought it was there. Okay. Either way, they're still they're they're looking like a solid team all the way through. Um, Doug, we've got them up in our rankings, don't we? I don't want to give the number away, but they're they're showing something. I mean. Preliminary BDT trench ratings have them well within the top 25. Like, put it that way. And they did, they received like a couple of votes. It's disgraceful. They people sucks. Duke, Duke I, did. <laughs> what's up, Ben? What you got? Yeah, I, I just want to say, like, I picked Duke because I respect the ACC a lot more as a conference. Uh, Memphis has played both Duke and Kansas in the past 10 years, and Duke on the whole, has just looked like a better program uh, the past right. several years. I watched this game. This is one of the only games I watched. I did some other things on Saturday, had a lot of fun. But 
Kansas was John, you already said it. They were dominant in this one. Like it wasn't even close. And they brought up the quarterback. I can't remember his name. Uh, he, the, 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 it's Daniels. on here. Jalen Daniels. Jalen Daniels. He might be they brought up he might be a dark horse for the Heisman. Here's the thing. He's been playing quarterback at Kansas for a while. He's taken his lumps and he has grown so much for it. He is leading this Jayhawks team. I mean, we we talked saying game day should have gone here because we were mm-hmm. expecting such a great game. Legitimately, Duke at times did not look like they belonged on the field with Kansas. And that is a statement I never thought I would say about Kansas right. against any other Power 5 football team. Yep. I know. I just – I know, definitely. Uh, with your guys' support, I want to say that we go ahead and name uh, Jalen Daniels the winner of the September Heisman. Like definitively. Oh, absolutely. Approved. Absolutely. <laughs> Look, anybody that can lead Kansas to a 4-0 start deserves to be the September Heisman, okay? And Lance Leopold is our, uh, at least for me, he's my uh, September coach of the month. So, uh, stats for this one game. Jalen Daniels went 19 of 23. Already insane. Uh, 324 yards, four touchdowns, no picks. He also carried the ball 11 times for 83 yards and a rushing touchdown. Jalen Daniels accounted for five touchdowns in this game. All five touchdowns that Kansas scored were Jalen Daniels. <laughs> wow. Um, so as you can see, comes on the screen, we did a lot better. We've been doing a lot better in college than we have in the NFL. Um, I'm, I'm catching up to you there, bud. Bug is closing in on 500. You're going to get there. I believe in you. No. No, no. It goes this way. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. See, but I didn't pick Texas, so that, it's fine. That, that's a fine. Exactly. Exactly. That's a fine. <laughs> Don't find a Big 12. Or sorry, um, Longhorn and, Network. And yeah, I've been staying it. exactly two wins above Tug for two <laughs> weeks now. So I'm trying to maintain the lead <laughs> barely <laughs> uh, but we will have a bunch more games to pick for you thursday it's going to be another wild week of college football i'm very excited for it uh, but in the meantime let's go ahead and talk about some of the prospects that we previewed in last episode uh starting with running back frank gore jr obviously for obvious reasons he's getting a lot of love here um yeah he did not play well <laughs> throw that out there. Uh, also, I said I didn't expect Southern Miss to win this game. They're playing a much better Tulane team. Uh, Tulane has a great pass defense. The run defense is a little bit suspect. This might be a game he can go off. Everything I said was 100% incorrect. Southern Miss won the game by throwing the ball a lot, and Frank Gore Jr. was so ineffective. It was unreal. Um, I'm going to say... I want to see him stay in school for another year, which he has another year of eligibility. So totally fine. Um, Thanks I COVID. I don't think he comes out into the draft this season. I I don't see him being draftable right now. I just um, hope his Wonderlick score is better than his dad's. It's not fucking hard. He just has to take the test. <laughs> right. He has to show up for the test, put his name on the top. That's already more points than his dad scored. <laughs> Frank run ball. Frank go end zone. 
and he did it for like 20 years. So good for him. He did. <laughs> um, the other prospect that I highlighted last episode was Drew Sanders, the Alabama transfer, now starting for University of Arkansas, has been putting together a very quality season to this point. I said, needs to just keep it up. Do exactly what he's been doing against Texas A&M. Arkansas is going to win this game. Uh, he did not do what he's been doing, and they did not win this game. <laughs> See how that works? They um, should have. So he had five and a half sacks going into this game. He now has six sacks on the season. So while that is five more sacks than any of us have, um, and two more sacks than this show combined, that is still not enough to beat Texas A&M. He had at least one more there. Uh, He had no forced turnovers this week. I was really hoping to see that out of him. At the same time, I don't think this played him out of a potential day two pick, uh, maybe even sneaking into day one. He has played very impressively so far, and there's a lot of season left for him. If he can put together some better games, maybe we just say burn the Texas A&M tape. That happens from time to time. Uh, it's one game. At the same time, this was not good. So we'll see what happens. I still like Drew Sanders. Based on everything I've seen from him this week, nah. <laughs> have you seen and that, that happen? I I saw something breaking down uh, Will Anderson like pre-snap, just everything that's wrong with his stance and positioning oh, yeah. towards the line. Yeah, <clears throat> how much do you think that's going to start playing into his draft uh, draft prospect and really just how he's going to do this season? Because he, he has been a lot quieter than he was last year. Kind of true. Like on the stat sheet, definitely quieter. He's shown up in huge moments. Um, like, for example, one of the, the interception. I think it was a pick six. Um, so, I don't know. I think there are two different styles of edge rusher that are draftable. There's either the athletic freak of nature that nobody can deny. He'll figure out a way to beat you. Or there's the technician who does everything perfectly and will outsmart you on the field. If you can find the balance of those two things, you have a number one overall pick on your hand 10 times out of 10 and nobody will argue at the same time. Those one of those other two options can be a very high draft pick very easily. All it takes is just wowing everybody with that one trait. So, like Trayvon Walker, like didn't necessarily have all those eye popping stats. He was a very, very athletic defense. Uh, Kayvon had a lot of tools in his toolbox. Uh, Showed potential to be a freak athlete. Didn't necessarily show that in, you know, any combine setting or anything like that. Was taken for his technical ability. I think we're at the point where Will Anderson will be drafted very high, almost purely based on the athleticism and finding a way to win every play, even though he doesn't line up correctly. That's definitely a thing that's true. I would also say Michael Parsons doesn't line up correctly half the time, quote unquote correctly. He lines right. up well enough to 
beat the offense, which is the whole point of playing defense. So, yeah, I think Will Anderson's still a fantastic player. I, If I had the number one overall pick right now, it's still down to either a quarterback or Will Anderson. Um, and it's – I don't know I, that it's close. I'm right sorry. Now. I'm sorry so, to put you on the spot right, like that. I realized after it came out of my mouth, I was like, "Ooh, <laughs> I just kind of threw that one out of left field." That, yeah, that was, that's a whole conversation. Yeah, we but, started talking about Alabama defensive players, and he just, it immediately just popped in my head. So, my I mean, former Alabama defensive players. It's, it's, it's also six three and half yeah. time. This off, you were right. <laughs> <laughs> I mean. This is this is weird. We actually have a non-NFL pro news segment real quick. Yeah. Kind of. First time in a hot minute. What do you got? Well, we talked about Jackson Urban uh, a little bit earlier in the show. And if you remember, he won the first ever People's Championship with the then Wild Aces, now should have been stars in the FCF. Uh, and then he did not return to the FCF this season because he went because to Because he's a future Pittsburgh Steelers quarterback. <laughs> I would not be surprised if he doesn't get a practice squad call or if we see him That'd in the XFL great. or USFL next year because he is the ELF, the ELF, European League football champion. Uh, he led the Vienna Vikings uh, to a 27-15 to victory over the Hamburg Steelers in the championship game over there. I mean, this is awesome. Yeah. I I don't know what the ceiling for this guy is. Did, I mean, it's he he got he the pro day with Minnesota. Everywhere. He does. He got the pro day with Minnesota <laughs> uh, after everything got so fucking messed up with COVID that there was no combine. He was a D3 guy, uh, but he had that success in the FCF. Minnesota was like, hey, come to our pro day. Uh, and now he's had success in a 100-yard football. Granted, it's Europe, it's in Europe. There are other professional leagues in America now. Man, I right. You'll need to keep bumping up the level of competition. I, I would expect an XFL, USFL in his near future. Yeah, I would be behind whatever XFL team he ends up on. That's one hundred. My 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 uh, formula the past few times of what team I'm going to back. Obviously, the AAF had a team in Memphis that was easy. My formula has been what team has the most Memphis players. This time, it's very clear what team has Jackson Erdman. That's who I'm getting behind. The only uh, of these non-NFL pro teams that I've truly felt like I've been an actual fan of is the DC Defenders, DC Defenders. because of Cardell Jones. They were fun <laughs> as shit to watch, too. I, the XFL was so much fun to watch. Oh, my God. I can't wait for the XFL to come back, honestly. I don't... Like, honestly, legitimately, that's almost even more than the FCF. I'm excited for the XFL to come back. I want it to be good. I hope and it's it, good. And the, the FCF <laughs> has announced that they will be back in the spring. Uh Fan-controlled hoops is kicking off. Fan-controlled mm-hmm. sports enterprises is uh, – they, they've done a lot of rebranding. It's They're moving in a very positive direction. So if you're a fan of the FCF, it's I don't think it's going anywhere, uh, at least for the foreseeable future. Man, it's we're, – we're in the depths of the NFL and college football season. So I, I try not right. to bring anything up about these leagues unless it's something big, like, I don't know, a former player winning a championship somewhere else. But man, I yeah. But we track Jackson Erdman in this house. We and dirty dude, one hundred percent. So no brackets on this week. We just finished up the Power Five stadium bracket. I blanked on the word stadium for a second because I'm a dumbass. Uh, but 
if you missed that episode, go check it out. It was some good conversation. And thank you to everyone who voted in those polls along the way. Uh, no bracket time this week. Nothing this week for you guys to vote on, actually, because uh, we are working on something that we will definitely be talking about next week. So stay tuned for something new to be taking this spot of the show. Um, I'm just going to say it's not a bracket. It's something different Ooh. that we will need your votes for on Twitter. Stay tuned, folks. Uh, and speaking of the Twitter and all the social medias, I think it's time to go ahead and start shouting out all those links and wrapping things up. See, Bugs back, so we didn't forget to have him scrolling for like 80% of the episode, uh, like I, I have been doing. Uh, so they are down there at the bottom of our screen. I will shout them out for our audio listeners. Patreon.com slash BTFootball, Twitter.com slash BTFootball, Facebook.com slash BTFootball, Instagram.com slash BDT underscore football, BDTFootball.com, and Mailbox at BDTFootball. Along with all of these links, I will also link our YouTube in the description below. Uh, it is way too jumbled to uh, to, to shout out right now. Subscribers, yeah. So we can change that I, more up. Hit I the think, bell. Uh, I think we forgot the most important one for our audio listeners. If you want to join us live, find us on Facebook, or prefer you go to twitch.tv backslash Big Dudes in the Trenches. All one word there. I don't know, man. Um, I'm excited. I'm glad to be back. Missed uh, missed doing this. I can't decide. If I want to go on a rant here for a minute, or if I want to go with a Snapple fact, which which do you guys want? It's Snapple fact Why? Monday. Why not both? So I've alluded to it a few times. Um, okay. Just about fan bases in general. I know I talked to you guys a little bit about it uh, in the chat. And it is just getting... Like, I, I am almost... my team. Both my teams won this week, and I feel like both of them lost. It is that fucking miserable uh, on different different message boards and fan pages between the Bears and Memphis. It's just absolutely fucking ridiculous. I if you're welcome to fans of a thing, it, here's <laughs> here's, here's really be anything a fan base, <laughs> right? And and here's the thing that gets me is like if you win the game, if your team wins the game. The first thing that comes out of your mouth is negative. The fuck is wrong with you? No, I'm the first here, first I'm thing out of your mouth should be holy shit. Yeah, especially with the Bears, that should be the first. Like, there's no shot. All these people that are complaining about Justin Fields or anything else are thinking, man, we should really be three and zero right now. Or they, you know, legitimately filled out a prediction for the season and had the Bears at two and one or three and zero. There's zero fucking shot. And if they did, they're fucking idiots. And then with Memphis, they just fucking complain about everything. <laughs> oh, attendance is bad. Well, I'm not there because of the time of day, or I'm not there because of this. Well, the stadium needs to be on campus. I'm like, that's not going to fucking fix the issue. Why are we calling out players when we just won a fucking game? I, you know what I want to go on a rant about right now is uh, why in the world would they ever cut away from a college football game to be showing some stupid-ass baseball? I don't give a fuck about the home run record for the American League. It's not the real record. 
Barry Bonds set that list. shit way too high. Aaron well, that would have that would have been the NL record. Yeah, Aaron Judge ain't touching the real record for the major That's the leagues. MLB record too. That's the problem. Yeah. It's just like how in hockey they quantify everything Patrick Kane does with American-born player. Right. And That's you know, so in, in about stupid. 15 years it'll be Austin Matthews, American-born player like <laughs> it's the same shit, but man, I is just Is Austin Matthews really American-born? Why does he spell his name so stupid? Because he's from Arizona, uh, California, Arizona. San Ramon, Fuck California. California. <laughs> that might be where he was born, but he started playing hockey in Arizona. That we're not a hockey podcast, anyway. Uh, the Bears are two and one. Good job, Bugs. Somehow, yeah. I guess I guess I want to end on this. Like, I don't, <laughs> I don't care if you're a fan. You want to be mad about whatever you want. Jesus Christ, enjoy the win for 24 hours. If you're still that fucking pissed off about whatever it is you're pissed off about, then go ahead and say it. But to immediate, like, hey, we won. I'm going to complain immediately about X, Y, and Z. Get, come the fuck on. Get a life. In their defense, I do call Tug after every Ohio State game and complain about something. They they took their <laughs> foot off the gas too much. Here's here's the difference. We are 4-0. <laughs> You expect Ohio State to double the spread every week. Memphis is True. one in three against the spread, and the only time they beat the spread was against Navy. Yeah, Ohio there State's is a... also like one in three against the spread. The spread's <laughs> fucked this year, by the way. And a whole other there... rant. We need to wrap this show up. It's been an hour and a half. <laughs> we already shot out the links, everything. Wait, wait, no. Uh, this is when Ben said he might fall asleep on camera. We need to sit and watch. Oh, yeah. Okay. Well, let's get a snap. Spiny lobsters migrate in groups of 50 or more, forming a conga line on the ocean floor. Hey. So that's a snapple fact for whatever reason. So before I fall asleep on camera, Tug, take us. All right, guys. Thank you for watching and for listening. And just remember, you can't win a game if you can't win in the trenches.